0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Wednesday, November 2nd, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hello all, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Brett Goodeman.
1: And I'm Tara Bolger. We
0: come to you three times a week to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Today we will be in the book of Isaiah, who is the prophet Isaiah. I was trying Mm -hmm. to say both Mm -hmm. of those at the same Mm -hmm. time. The book of the prophet Isaiah. The book of the prophet Isaiah. (laughs) But before we get to our discussion with that scripture, let us begin with a prayer.
1: Friends, this prayer was written by Ignatius of Loyola in the 15th century. So let us pray together receive O lord we pray all of our freedom all of our memory all of our understanding receive our whole will you have given us all that we have all that we are and we surrender to your divine will give us only we pray your love and your grace with this we are rich enough and have no more to ask. Amen.
0: Amen. Our scripture comes from Isaiah 58, verses 1 through 12. Listen for a word from God. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet, announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments they delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your your God. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer you. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil. If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of the
1: streets you live in. Thanks be to God. Brett, what is the issue here? Why is Isaiah rebuking the people in this passage?
0: So uh, just to give a little bit of, of, of context, you know, most scholars would divide Isaiah up into kind of three sections. This would be considered third Isaiah. And, and what they would place third Isaiah in is after Israel has, um, gone into exile and are, uh, returning back from Babylon, from exile, from this horrific period in their history. Um, and the reason that they were cast into exile was kind of twofold. One, there was the, um, kind of failure to be their fidelity to God, and also their oppression of the poor and the sick among them that they did not take care of, of the oppressed, of the broken in their society. And so they are returning to their home and going to rebuild the temple. And so Isaiah is uh, calling them to remember that, you know, he speaks specifically of fasting, that essentially what he's saying, the religious festivals, the religious rites, the religious things that you do must bear out Actions. It must have a conviction in our inner hearts. It's not something we just do because we do it, but that must lead to a transformation within ourselves uh, to take care uh, of of God's beloved children uh, is is what it breaks down to. And in that, when we uh, are transformed in that way, we actually find uh, rest in that. We actually find healing, which if I really think about it, when I think about difficult times in my life... um, if I am able, if I'm healthy enough, which this doesn't happen as often as it should, to in that difficult place find a place to serve, mm-hmm. oh, how yeah, healing! Totally. How healing is that uh, in that
1: moment? I had this um, when I before Brian and I married. Um, there's no happier place for me than at my grandparents', but on holidays when all my family would get together, it made me very anxious. Mm-hmm. There were just. Too many unhealthy family dynamics. And so I had a friend at church. um, Actually, yeah, Brian and I were married then because I was at a church. I had a friend at church who said, okay, Tara, I want you to, I was talking about how hard it was for me to go and how it really robbed me of this joy. Mm. And she said, I want you to walk into your grandmother's house and I want you to look around and I want you to do anything you can to help her. And I'll never forget it. I walked in, I was like, Mama, what do you need? So I like, you know, mashed potatoes. And then I like wash all the dishes by hand. And I was just busy and full of joy. And with the one person that it mattered the most, right? My grandmother and I in the kitchen. And yeah. it was a game changer for me mm. that what could be this really awful thing, when I turned it around and tried to be a servant. Was life giving. Yeah. So I think that really speaks to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, I have strong, deep uh, convictions against the idea of Christian nationalism, mm-hmm. right? But this passage from Isaiah talks about the idea that um, you say that you are worshiping, and you say that you are fasting. And to fast was to seek God's guidance and then to just not care at all. And how that's lived out in your national life is utterly um, could be read today against so many people who consider themselves Christian leaders. Um, And I say that knowing that I also am a Christian leader and I do many things imperfectly, but I don't think, hmm, this is going to come back to bite me. (laughs) But I don't think there is any time where I have intentionally gone counter to what I know the Lord God wants, and I think that's what Isaiah is talking about—that mm-hmm. you say you want to worship, and yet you go out into the world and do things that are completely counter mm-hmm. to what God wants, mm-hmm. and um, that's that is a grievous sin. Yeah. <laughs> I really think it is. Yeah. Um, and so I—I I don't know. Worship for me, the best kind of. The thing in worship right now that is giving me life is that, you know, we say our prayer of confession together, and then afterward, there's this time of silence. And I used to try during that time to think of what I needed forgiveness for. But I don't know about you, but I can barely remember the day before, <laughs> let alone days before that. So the part that is most holy to me now in the service is during that time of silence, I just sit there and I think, here I am, God. God. And you know, you know,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I am asking for forgiveness and to be made new. Yeah, and it feels like a burden is lifted. Yeah, and so to then go out into the world and burden other people in some way Mm -hmm. would be counter to what I've been offered in that holy moment Mm -hmm. of worship.
0: To yeah, you know, this is this is kind of a a, I guess a, a cheap example, but a true example of you know the amount of friends that I've had that have worked in the restaurant industry that talk about, you know, how no one wants to work Sunday afternoons, uh, because there is this, there's a, there's this reality that there are many people who come and worship in the morning, uh, who, who do, who seek the will of God and then immediately go out for lunch and treat their serve poorly. Ooh. They don't, they don't tip, Whoa. they don't tip well. Yeah. Uh, they, they aren't generous with, with, with what they have. Um, and, and that's just like a very small example of like, listener, if you're listening to this on a Sunday afternoon, go out, be very kind to your, be over generous, uh, yeah. even when they're busy and terrible and order t- less and pay more and, if pay, you have to. and tip more. Uh, what, what, you know, What's what a small example that you can be in the world um, to to go out and and for that poor twenty two year old that's slammed and stressed uh, to provide just a little bit of grace. Um, but that's uh, that that is the reality. Is is we can that that Isaiah is challenging us of of you come and you worship and you seek to be transformed. That's that's what I have in that that moment of confession. I'm similar to you of like. I know there's a thousand things, but I'm having trouble putting my finger on it this morning, but transform me uh, is 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 what I hope to come out of that time of confession and forgiveness.
1: It's especially poignant for me, too, because I have never given a sermon that I felt like I did enough to prepare, hmm. ever. How can you prepare? Yeah. I mean, how can you really prepare to share the gospel? Mm-hmm. And so there's also an element of, um, I probably didn't do enough, Lord, and and yet I'm asking you, I mean... That's what I could say about my person. I have not done enough as a person, and yet I am asking you to take what I have and make it more. And I think that's, that's what, what Isaiah wants to flow out of worship, mm. that even in our broken ways, that someone can tell that we have been offered grace, and they can tell because we offered it to others.
0: Mm. We'll leave you with a quote from David Gambrell. Who says, the word worship comes from an old English root, worth-ship. It suggests something or someone worthy of honor, glory, and praise. As a noun, worship can mean an act of reverence, a religious practice, or a feeling of respect. It is, in ordinary and universal use, a sign of worth. But for Christians, it might be better to think of worship as a verb. To worship is to love the one who loved us first. To worship is to bless the one from whom all blessings flow. To worship is to show our gratitude for God's amazing grace. To worship is to give your life to the giver of life.
1: Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you will come back on Friday. But now as you go about your day, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, both now and in the life everlasting. Amen.
0: Amen.